Hello and welcome to another edition of the Youthscape Podcast, your weekly roundup of all things youth ministry with a star guest and the even starrier Rachel Gardner. Hello. And me, Martin Saunders, fallen from the stars. Oh, that was beautifully formed and shaped and brought to us all, and we're all now throwing up. Fallen from the stars, I wonder what that means. Oh, it's like, like the terrible chat up lines. Isn't is that it? not what Lucifer did? Yeah, I didn't. Yes. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> casting myself as Satan. Yes, in this. we haven't fallen from any stars. Okay, but that's like those dodgy like chat up lines. Did you ever use chat up lines? Have you? Did I ever use chat up lines? Did, There's a rich you, scene of you, comedy. Were you a Christian that used chat up lines? No, I couldn't even get close enough to a girl to project for her to hear your voice. Yeah, I'd have had to shout from could, with a megaphone miles away because they just walked even away. Even when you were doing your like theatre production stuff, like oh yeah, oh, yeah, goodness, no, bless no, I didn't. Heart. Did you? What's the best chat up line you've had? Um, no, I haven't had chat up lines, but I've I've experienced the passive aggressive. So passive aggressive flirting, which is um, please don't sit near to me because I can't just I don't I don't think I don't think you can be in the room together alone. And and wow. at the time I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Whereas now I'm like, um, what? Sorry, you're just shaming me for being a, for being a female and sitting close to you. Tell that's you what, the world has that's changed, hasn't it? Yeah. So I think it was can't do that anymore. Yeah, so it's, but it's a weird kind of Christian pseudo purity, isn't it? I, oh, we're not talking about the stuff you're talking about. Christian pseudo purity. Pseudo purity, that kind of oh no, I don't think we should hold hands because I won't be able to contain my thought life after wow. that. It's like <laughs> now I'd say, well then you've got a problem. You know, at the time oh. I was like, oh my goodness, he's so amazing and pure. <laughs> Do you think sometimes in the context, oh, this is probably what you're talking about, in the context of church, when we know we're not allowed to be overtly yeah, the worst ones is Christian or, gap years, yeah, or rude, yeah. Um, do, do we therefore sort of mm. overdo it with the with the yes. slightly um, yeah? What, what Holier is that? Like, than that, it's a, it's yeah. a pseudo righteousness, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Now I, I need to be very careful because I'm sounding very damning and critical of oh, and, no and, more than and usual. That, no, no more than usual. But at the time, as a young Christian teenager, I, me and my peers, including these boys, we were trying to do this a godly way. Yeah. We were trying to kind of not do it how we saw our friends, but but no one was talking to us about how do you date in a Christian way or date in a way that honors God. Yeah. And so we were just making it up, and so we'd use all that same manipulative quite coercive emotional baggage and just put a Christian frame around it and think great you know I'll be single for Jesus for the next year but I will flirt like Billy O like I want to know that I've still got it but I'm going to tell you I'm single for Jesus so that I'm not going to date you so that now means that we can flirt massively because we're not going to date so it's really it's like messed up isn't it I what well, I'm worried about shocked. I'm just real I've just realized that we're doing an interview today with the wonderful Mark Arnold from Urban mm. Saints about additional needs ministry. Mm. And we started with a sort of odd conversation about around dating. Christian flirting, which isn't unlike you. No, it's not unlike me. I'm but, sure Mark. But we've got to build a bridge now. Love we does do. build a bridge, doesn't it? Love can build. I'll keep singing that and you you build the bridge. But perhaps Perfect we can just build them. I can't do it while you're singing. Okay, all right. Um, but but how are we going to build a, a segue from there to our interview with Mark Arnold? What well, are we I, talk I about? think the segue is that actually sometimes you and I now, as sort of older, slightly jaded, sometimes youth workers, we Mark. look back and go, actually, haven't we learned a lot in the youth ministry community? Uh, yeah. Like things that we were like, oh yes, that's kind of what was done. Ah. We we realise that's not the way of doing it. And a lot of what Mark's talking to us about, I think, is a the awareness that we now have around additional needs, but also then our responsibility, how we actually then need to do something different about it. It's I, I think it's interesting how once you've gone over a threshold of understanding suddenly you everything comes back it comes into sharp focus and you realize that for all these years you've been missing stuff that was in right before your eyes mm. what i mean by that is i was at uh, an event uh, a, a while back where somebody 
was preaching. And it was, you know, your classic male preacher. But they were just throwing in a bunch of gendered comments. Which I think for years I would have heard loads of people using those kind of jokes and those kind of very subtly, you know, undermining or or, or the comments that just reinforce a culture of inequality and gender bias. Mm. Um, And until, you know, the sort of scales fell from my eyes quite recently around Mm. gender justice, thank you, Natalie Collins, um, you know, basically I wouldn't have spotted it. And now it's like... There's a, suddenly a, a really pungent smell in the room. Yes. You're like, how can how can you guys be laughing? Yes. Like, at these jokes, these are awful. But yes. until you see it, you yes. don't see it yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's the same with um, with kind of the way we approach dating yes. and sex and relationships as yeah. young people and, and in youth ministry. And sexual banter and all that kind and of stuff. And all that stuff. Yeah. And I think it's true of the way we view additional needs and disabilities. Absolutely, absolutely. So, with no further ado... Look at that, we built a bridge. We built a bridge. And it's a beautiful bridge. So, we invited Mark Arnold. I have to say, Martin, you and I, we love Mark Arnold. We do love him. We do. He's like a cuddly bear. He's he's phenomenal. He's probably I wanted to give him a cuddle. He's the snappiest dresser we've had on uh, our podcast for a very long time. He was. He was wearing lovely chinos and a blue shirt and and polished shoes. I noticed the polished shoes, Um, but he just he is so rich in both experience and expertise. And I think that's so. Just just open up your lug holes because there's some absolutely brilliant stuff that he shares now. The Youthscape Podcast. Well, we're delighted to have with us at Youthscape Towers, Mark Arnold. And Mark, you are the Additional Needs Ministry Director at Urban Saints. That's right. A bit of a mouthful, but it's a great title. Do you to have it on a business card or I like a badge? I do have that on a business <laughs> card. Yeah. Is, it it like a fold, is it a fold-out business card? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those concertina-style yeah. ones. Yeah. It gets bigger, but uh, yeah, it's great. Do people get it in the wrong order as well? All it's the time, yeah. And, and I just uh, often just, I, I'm the Additional Needs guy. You know, and, and, uh, and Rachel has got a lot of additional ministry needs, don't you? I have additional technology needs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm terrible yeah. on things like Dropbox and that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, that can be quite common. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is right. Sit close to me, Mark. Absolutely. So, so, Mark, this is great to have you on our podcast. We're so glad that you come to speak to us. Mm. And I'd like to ask you, did you did you start at Urban Saints with this title? Is this how you came on the team? Nope. I've done a bunch of things um, in gosh, eleven years or so that I've been at Urban Saints. So. Um, started off heading up the team that uh, looks after things like the Energize website at Urban yep. Saints and all our wonderful volunteers around the country. Uh, I spent a bit of time being ops director there as well. And then just over the last five or six years, we've been also gradually building up this additional needs ministry stuff. And it just reached the point where it was really a full-time job too mm. and uh, really felt that this was what God wanted me to that, focus on. that is a real personal passion for you. That's how it's felt as an outsider looking Absolutely. on. Absolutely, yeah. It feels like this is the thing that really makes you come alive. It, it is, yeah. It's the thing that, you know, when I get up in the morning, I think, wow, brilliant, another day doing this is absolutely superb. And it definitely comes from a, a passion born from seeing this stuff done well mm. and maybe not so well in lots of different places, mm. but also our own personal journey too. Mm. Uh, we've got a, a now 16-year-old, gosh, where's that gone? 16-year-old <laughs> <laughs> son um, who's autistic, 
has learning disability and has um, more recently added epilepsy to his little list of diagnoses too. Oh, that's quite too. a portfolio. It is, yeah. We're hoping he doesn't grow it anymore. But okay. uh, yeah, you know, that's that's where we are. And, and so our journey with James has obviously been a, a key part of this as well. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's informed the stuff that we do. Can you, I mean, you don't need to name any names, but can you kind of paint us at a, a sort of worst a worst version of how things can be. So what have you seen where this stuff has been done really badly? Well, I, I think one of the first uh, indicators that, that this may not be a great starting point for uh, a church or a group is is when their opening comment is, oh, well, we don't have anybody with additional needs yeah. in our group. Uh, and you think, actually, you do. Um, you just don't know it. And, you know, they'll be there. That the Government statistics are one in five mm. uh, children and young people across yeah. the UK that have an additional need or disability of some kind. So, mm. you know, take any group that's got at least that number of kids in and statistically mm. there's somebody there that could needs you, some extra help. Give us an idea of what that spectrum would look like then. So someone is saying to you, we don't have anybody, and maybe because they're thinking of certain obvious yeah. things, yeah. a child in a wheelchair. The, the, they're, looking at the, they're looking for the more visible right. um, additional needs or disabilities so they're, they're looking for uh, a child or young person in a wheelchair or somebody who's got sight loss or hearing loss or those kinds of more obvious uh, disabilities. Whereas uh, statistically, the, the more common areas are uh, additional needs like ADHD or dyslexia or you know, seeing a lot more kids uh, diagnosed uh, with autism, uh, more hidden disabilities that are harder to, to spot, but actually, you know, they are there and, mm. and those, those kids need just as much support mm. uh, as uh, somebody who's using a wheelchair or whose um, sight or hearing isn't mm. so good. But of course, if you um, turn that on its head, um, particularly that first group we talk about, mm. uh, it, it, the, probably one of the reasons why you don't have any of those young people in your youth group is because that doesn't feel like a place where they would be welcome or that, that will be a place where they could make a, a place of community. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There are all kinds of barriers uh, that make it harder for those children and young people and the families they're connected with to engage with church, to be a part of the group. So there'll be all sorts of fears about um, being judged, uh, yeah. being labelled, being excluded, all kinds yeah. of stuff that makes it hard for them to, to engage with church. And, and actually, you know, even if they're able to do that, will they actually really belong? Uh, or will they just be child-minded for an hour or an hour and a half and, and you know, that's it? Are they actually going to get a real connection with what the group's all about? And I, I, I think at this moment, you, can, you could feel quite defensive hearing us trying to talk like that but the reason I ask that question is and I've mentioned this on the podcast a long time ago you know I had an experience growing up uh, of being in a youth group where we we had a young guy join our group who had two uh, two additional needs I'm aware of mm. one he had autism and, and the other he had sight loss mm -hmm. and we could not include him we as a group of kids basically closed ranks and excluded him and mm. I remember that as a as a young person like realizing and I you know I didn't have any great sense of guilt about I'm not going to you know make this paint this as any better than it was <laughs> didn't have any great sense of guilt at the time we just he was other to us and we were just like he doesn't really fit and so we kind of mm. and, he, and he left and he never he, he never it's came anywhere near our church again and and I think that happens yeah. more it, it than, does. We, than we know yeah it, it does it happens a lot and um, and so it's really important that when 
churches, when groups are looking at this and grappling with this, that they they think about that. They think about how can we go on a journey with the rest of our young people uh, mm. to, um, to to really help them to understand this better mm. uh, and to and to be more inclusive themselves. Mm. And and you know, it's not something that happens just with a click of a switch. It takes time. It takes investment. It takes teaching. It mm. takes culture. It's mm. you know it's a lot of stuff, mm. but it's so worth it. Yeah. Uh, because when when this stuff works well, wow, it, it's just amazing. And seeing the the positive impact it has on the children, young people with additional needs, but also on the rest of their peer group mm. as well, and how they become a, a you know, much more close knit, mutually supportive, really sort of growing and developing group together. Mm. Wonderful to see. That's that's yeah. brilliant, isn't it? I think just thinking about the passage in James with. We're, we're talking about this is the, the religion that God our Father loves and it mm. is about loving the other he mentions the orphan and the widow but we can extend that group can't we yeah. to those who are excluded in society and, yeah. you know when when uh, the children were being brought to Jesus and he said let all the children come to me he didn't say let all the children come to me except for th- those kids over there mm. that have got ADHD mm. or autism mm. you know it's, it's mm. inclusive of everybody Jesus was you know uh, and is the most inclusive person mm. and following him uh, helps us to, to be likewise. Yeah. Now, there's also we've mentioned sort of the impact on the young person and their peer group, but of course, it's the wider impact on parents as well. And I was listening to you speak at a conference recently, and you dropped a statistic that just really haunted me about the percentage of families who have children and young people with additional needs within society mm. and then the percentage that within church and it was some it was some horrendously you know yeah i mean there there are stats. some stark stats out there so mm. you know we we know that um somewhere between sort of 90 to 95 percent of families don't engage with church anyway and mm. and that's true of uh, families where there are kids with additional needs but there are lots more reasons why that's that's mm. the case uh, but the pressures that those families are under uh, are intense. You know, over half of them tell us that uh, they experience serious relationship difficulties and breakups, and uh, you know that's that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we can you know, we can make a difference in our churches to support those families. And it is looking beyond providing inclusion for an hour on a Sunday morning or an hour and a half on a club night to actually looking at how can we get alongside those families when mm. times are tough you know when mm. they're experiencing a difficult time or or maybe you know they know that the six week summer holiday that's just about to land on us is going to be really really hard 24 7 caring for uh, that, that child uh, or children uh, with additional needs you know how can we get alongside them and, and maybe just help them with that uh, a little bit and, and in doing so perhaps give them the opportunity to maybe for a few hours stop being mum and dad for a mm. bit and actually you know invest in their relationship and, and actually uh, make a difference to that so there's there's a much bigger picture here mm. um, than just what do we do on a Sunday morning for an hour to uh, look after a child with additional needs it's a much broader picture. Mm. What, what are some of the ways we might unintentionally discriminate against or stigmatize uh, additional needs disabilities I mean, I'm thinking for instance I heard someone talking about this the other day it's not my original thought but when in the Bible we see disability mm. very often not always but very often particularly in the New Testament it's coupled with Jesus mm. bringing physical healing to that 
person yeah, yeah. so the blind see and the, the you know mm. somebody who hasn't been able to walk now can yeah um, how do we deal with that and are there, are there, is that prop do those texts become problematic actually they don't uh, if we look at them uh, in perhaps the way they they were really written in the first place so um, the two examples you just gave uh, maybe Bartimaeus uh, the guy that Jesus encountered on the road uh, from Jericho now you know, he would have seen Jesus would have seen Bartimaeus many many times begging at the side of the road he'd know Bartimaeus he knew that Bartimaeus was blind Bartimaeus is calling out to him and, and is brought before Jesus what's the first thing that Jesus does does he heal him straight away he says no what can I do for you he asks him the question what can I do for you and that's actually a pretty good starting point for us whenever we're engaging with anybody whether it's children young people or adults with additional needs in our church is not to assume yeah. not to think that we know best what they need but to actually ask them the question mm-hmm. what can I do for you yeah. and, and even thinking of the guy lowered down through the roof um, yeah. that was brought to Jesus well um, yeah I'm sure that healing was part of what his friends had in mind to, to bring him but teaching was probably a part of that too Uh, and and in the story uh, the first thing that Jesus does is to forgive him his sins Mm. so friend your faith has uh, has uh, has freed you uh, from your sins and and only then when challenged about his authority to do that did he then go on and heal the guy uh, of his disability so you know there's a lot more going on in some of those stories that's uh, that perhaps we you know, sometimes think Jesus is ace he is ace so I, I love how you help us to reframe. So you challenge the idea that we would see people's beha- young people's behaviour just through the lens of good or bad behaviour. Yeah. And you, yeah. you give us the new frame of conclusion. So here's a tricky question. Mm-hmm. I mean, we love young people. Amen. And many of us listening to this, probably all of us listening to this, probably have a deeper, that area of love for a vulnerable young person that yeah. just taps into us. Yeah. Do we sometimes love in a way that's not helpful? I mean, can sometimes our love become infantilising or quite patronising and we want to love this young person, but actually we end up seeing a vulnerability as a, as a barrier so we kind of love their disability I mean I'm asking yeah. a tricky question yeah, no, it, it, <laughs> how it, do we handle that it, it is but the, you know there's, there's a lot that, that we can do in that and a lot that we can learn from that as well and, and sometimes we can um, we, we can show love by over um, responding to uh, the needs Almost of that particular child, yeah. the way they don't uh, want and actually, you know, I know from from James, uh, my, my own son, and, and working with others as well, that um, yeah, James will will let me do everything for him if uh, if he can get away with it. But actually, he can do an awful lot more uh, if he's encouraged and uh, equipped uh, to be able to do that. And and that's often the case for children with additional needs too. You know, parents, we, we can sometimes be uh, you know, a, a problem in of ourselves uh, for a, a church youth group because we, 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 we bring our child into that setting and, and we say, oh, they need, they need this, they need that, they need the other. And actually, um, the children can often do a bit mm. more than us parents can sometimes give them mm. credit for. We worry too much. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, in, in the mix of all that, actually allowing that child mm. to grow and develop and, and learn things themselves mm. uh, is, is so important, part of their development, part of their growth. And doing that alongside their peers mm. um, just, again, so helps good. build that bond yes. uh, across the group too. So, so as a parent... So you, you're both a youth worker and a parent, yeah. aren't you? You yeah. hold both those hats, which is brilliant. 
What is it that you need to see or hear or that you want your youth worker to really understand which will help lower your anxiety? What, 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 do, you, what do you need from them? Yeah, I, I think um, that there are several questions that it's really good to be able to ask. So if, if you're saying hello to a new family, they're bringing a child into your group or a young person into your group, um, three things that are really good to know is what to... What are the positive things that people say uh, about you know your son or your daughter? What are the things that are really affirming? Because actually, parents will be coming in expecting all the hard stuff, all the uh, you know what are the difficulties, what are the challenges, and and in their minds, parents will be thinking, and is this going to build up to somebody saying, nope, sorry, we're not able to do that. So starting the conversation positively, you know, what are the things that people really say positively uh, about your son or your daughter? What do they enjoy doing? What are they good at? What what do they thrive? Uh, in when when they do that because because maybe we can build a bit more of that into the stuff that we're doing uh, and help uh, that child or young person to to bring something of themselves into the group maybe something that they can show off to the rest of the group too but but also just something that gives them confidence because there's something there that they enjoy doing and are good at uh, and then um, yeah in what ways can we support and help uh, your child, your young person, uh, so that they really feel that they belong within the group, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a much more uh, a question much more likely to get mm-hmm. a positive response than, than typically. You know, when we sign kids in uh, and we give out a form for somebody to fill in, it's mm-hmm. got a box there saying, you know, does your child, your young person, have any additional needs or something? And sometimes that box gets left empty, but. Uh, you know, how can we support, help, uh, and uh, and just make sure we're alongside uh, your son, your daughter, uh, can make a huge difference. Uh, so starting positively and leading towards those um, support questions. Okay, Mark, real talk now. This, okay. I'm going to ask the tough question. Go for it. <laughs> um, so, you know, listening to this, there'll be lots of uh, youth leaders who are stacked with work, they're busy, uh, they have, um, you know, they might have full-time jobs along alongside mm. running the youth work, that sort of thing, and they don't potentially have anyone in their youth group who really is profoundly presenting with additional needs at mm. the moment, that there's probably deep down a reluctance mm. to, to go after young people, to actually go for young people mm. who, um, uh, who maybe have additional needs and would, be, would not be easy for us just to fit into the patterns and the procedures of the way we do youth work. Yeah. So what would you say to those people who you know we're being really honest now mm-hmm. I, I, I to be honest with you like I could, I, I could identify with that Mark's rolling leader. his sleeves up he ain't yeah. afraid of this he's actually rolling ready. his sleeves up yeah, he's <laughs> ready. I think on some level we can all identify with it a little bit because we just think gosh we're so busy I don't even know if I could do a decent job yeah, mm. providing thing, yeah. you know care and and discipleship for someone with profound additional needs so what, what would you say to them I think what I'd say to them is that uh, they'd be really missing out uh, because you know we, we really should uh, just see the benefits of, of diversity generally, of having a whole mix of different children, young people in our groups. You know, we're, we're not called to just uh, reach a certain demographic, a certain um, type of child or young person that just sort of ticks a few boxes. Jesus said to us, go out into the world and make disciples of all peoples. Uh, And Mm. actually, if you gather together all the disabled people in the world, they're the third biggest population group uh, globally. After China and India, they're next. Uh, There's a lot of uh, folk out there that need to hear the good news of Jesus. Mm. Uh, And, uh, you know, I I couldn't 
sleep at night knowing that there was a whole bunch of mm. uh, people out there that just weren't being able to access mm. that at all. Uh, and actually, when we see it happening well and we see uh, children, young people, integrated belonging, being uh, valued, you know, being missed for all the right reasons mm. if they're not there, um, mm. then what you see is a group that is better for that, mm. that, that is uh, growing and developing mm. and is just yeah a, a step above perhaps mm. groups where that isn't the case mm. and and so you know if you want if you want the best youth group mm. you can get wow. um, make it a diverse one Mark, it's amazing. I'm just thinking about the little Sunday morning group that I'm one of the volunteers in running and one of the young people that's become a real peer leader in the group, um, his story is one of, of profound additional needs mm. um, and conversations that I've had to have with team and parents I've never had before, learning from scratch. And recently I asked the, this little gaggle, and they're mostly boys on a Sunday morning that come to this particular group, our girls are sort of older or younger, and I asked them to write down what is it that they benefit about having youth work at church? Why do they love this? And the comments that he wrote down, it was the most profound. Mm. Um, and it wasn't all because you do this for me and this for me and this for me. It was because you help me to grow and I can be a leader here and I can um, you know, teach the Bible. And I just thought, this, this that everything in a nutshell, I'd long for a young person to write. Wow. It's been written by a young person who yeah. we've journeyed, we've had to learn the most with. And mm. had he not been there... The spiritual temperature of the group had been a lot, you know, shallower mm. and colder. Yeah. So it's just so. so I, I totally echo what you're saying. It, it, um, it's so important, and yeah. it and it stretches and grows us as leaders yeah, too. Absolutely. It really does. It makes us think afresh. You know, if yeah. we've uh, got a, a very diverse group, then making sure what we're bringing and what we're sharing with them uh, is right for everybody. Mm. It makes it better for everybody mm. uh, because we had to put more thought and more energy uh, mm. into it mm. to, to make mm. it work mm. in that way, and, yeah. and so. It, it works at a better level uh, right across the board. Now, where, how can people make first steps in this area? Mm. So, so actually, you're listening to this, you think, oh, do you know what? I need to do better in this area. I need to get better at this. What, what are the first things that they can do? Yeah, and, and that's, that's a really important question because it can be quite a sort of uh, confusing area mm-hmm. people really don't know, you know where to begin or how to begin and people are worried about language as well oh, people are yeah, yeah. Yes. I nearly said blind spots earlier and I thought is that okay am I allowed yeah, to say yeah. that and, and, yeah. and it's, it, it is it is a, a bit of a minefield and there are all kinds of things and you know we all make those language yeah. Uh, yeah. faux pas uh, along yeah. the way but uh, a starting point is uh, to, to get some training to get some support to yeah. understand this stuff better to yes. to start to uh, get some input that's going to maybe give you yes. some next steps you know maybe four or five things that you can do as a youth leader uh, to to really start to to make this work in your group and then you can build on that yes. uh, and then also connecting in as a part of that with perhaps others who are on the journey that have been doing this for a little while uh, and maybe have learned some lessons along the way that, that they can share and urban yeah. saints would be one of those right uh, well, yeah, we, we, we run training, uh, and I'm very busy. In fact, uh, tonight I'm in Cambridge uh, doing some training oh, there. So, uh, and and all sorts of. I thought you got dressed up smart for us. Oh, I, I did get dressed up <laughs> smart. You are, for you. You are dressed you up. Are, you really 
Can we just say, cause we, we, we've often talked yes. too much about the attire of our female guests. Because often women are a bit more snazzy addressed, that's okay. why. Let's, okay. let's objectify so now the men. we have men. a man who's looking phenomenal, we can totally go for it. <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't wear a frock. Uh, but uh, but yeah, well. yeah, happy to, uh, to yeah. You are uh, looking very You are looking very it's, trendy. It's looking very Cambridge, and that's where I am tonight, <laughs> running some training there. And, and yeah, we're really busy with... Uh, training sessions like this and mm. you know, groups are contacting us all the time saying um, can we get some of this can we yes. just get those first steps uh, and and so you know org slash additional needs is the place where mm. they can find out more about that stuff mm. uh, and then connect in and uh, and understand more about what we're doing with training and then uh, one of the other things that I, I get to do is um, sort of co-founded something called the additional needs alliance mm. a few years back yeah, tell us about that. Uh, so well this was something that um, myself and a, a good friend of mine Kay Morgan oh, yeah, mm. uh, somebody that you, you guys yeah, will we know love well, well. Yeah. Uh, and Kay and I were doing a uh, a series of seminars at the uh, Children's and Families Ministry Conference in Eastbourne um, about five or six years ago and, and we had the same people coming along to each of the seminars mm-hmm. and they loved it and it, at the end of it they said well how can we stay connected how can we continue on this journey and yeah. encourage each other and so on so Kay and I we, we started off with a Facebook group mm-hmm. uh, which uh, uh, folk that are on Facebook if you search for uh, Additional Needs Alliance you'll find us and can ask to join and there's about 1600 and something people now wow. that connect to that Great. group and just mm-hmm. encourage and resource and equip each other um, there's a, a website now as well where people can get access mm-hmm. to other resources information about training we're doing videos and all kinds of stuff that will, will help on that journey because it, it is a continuous sort of learning process really and mm-hmm. uh, and also you know we learn things that will be valuable to others to share mm-hmm. and so through that community it helps us to then be able to just spread that knowledge wider and mm-hmm. help more people to raise their game and be able yeah. to do more of this stuff and of course very often the advocates um, for young people with additional needs are young people who have a, uh, are sorry are adults who have a personal yeah. story connection yeah. investment and I, I've always had this hunch that for things to really change in this area it's going to take everybody yes. to take this seriously yes. it's, it's not just about the advocates coming you know from within the community as it were Absolutely. it needs to come yes. outside both, as well it? It, it does it needs people to catch a real heart for this yes. uh, and actually to see that you know Jesus called us to, yes. to reach everyone mm. uh, and uh, and that's important and, and how do we mm. then make that work within our church and I suppose Spring Harvest is an interesting example of mm. that because yeah. Spring Harvest recently won an award around disability access didn't it did it? Yeah. and because Kay is obviously the real advocate within Spring Absolutely. Harvest but all the senior leadership teams say this is a central thing of what we do this is not an add-on yeah. or by the way actually everything that we do is Spring Harvest so I think it that's is. a good example of where it's together isn't it Martin what you're saying actually yeah. it, it is terrific mm. and uh, and having Kay on the leadership team there is, yeah. is so uh, valuable as a part mm. of that. And mm. just what she brings and, and others bring to Spring Harvest, just it, it just happens naturally. And there. new wine as well, obviously. New, new wine, wine uh, with work. Naomi Graham and stuff Fantastic. that she's doing there. I know and families in our church are just with children with autism. They've just benefited so much and, from that. And actually, I, I think that's that, that's really important in that, you know, when I started doing this five, six years ago, mm. there weren't so many people out there mm. that were 
just getting this message out there. But now there are. You know, Twitter all over Twitter, yeah. Talked about Naomi, there's John Williams at the Message Trust. There's loads of folk mm. uh, who are out there doing a similar sort of thing. And, mm. and it's great. The more people really that are really. raising that awareness. And, and, and I think we're seeing a raising of awareness across the nation as, as mm. well. You know, we um, had a fantastic sort of Paralympic Games, big publicity yeah. and TV yeah. coverage of yeah. that. You know, Lost Voice Guy, just one yes. Britain's yeah. Got Talent. Yes. You know, there's loads yeah. and loads of times when you see positive images mm. uh, of people with disability uh, in the media and, and, and that's really helping mm. to yeah. uh, increase awareness in church too mm. yeah. uh, and get youth leaders thinking okay how can we be more inclusive mm. in the stuff we do but well done to you yes, blazing Mark. a trail yes, you <laughs> Mark Arnold because you've been on this journey for a long time so and well so done. positive like and you've not us up and you've been like come on we can do better yeah and you know let's keep it going and let's do more and it's, it's you know I really yeah very encouraged uh, to see now, even just the, this time that we've had and, yes. and chatting about this and the message that this gives out is Brilliant. such a positive one so thanks well guys. have fun in Cambridge and people can get hold of you to speak at their events as well so please do get in touch with Mark thank you Mark thank you it's the Youthscape podcast I love Mark yeah, I know he's too. gone now Yes. But we're still here. And His essence is still in the room. That's uh, yeah. yeah, and he he um he just very, very gently and lovingly challenges. I think the nicest thing about him is you could say to him, Look, I've basically like I did, yes. I've done something terrible. Yes. You know, the way that we treated that young person yeah. back in the nineties was awful. And he just goes pastorally, just goes, Okay. Okay, so let's there. let's yeah. move on from there. He d- he absolutely dismantles like the best arguments, and I think that's what I think he's so winsome in that because there are some genuine with all this stuff, and like there's some genuine like, but how and what if I get it wrong and oh dear, but he just dismantles that with a lovely framework of love and inclusion, which is it is brilliant. You can't you can't argue that. Now it's I've good. been thinking about a song. Oh we're not, can I just no. let you know we're not going to end with a song. Okay, but there's a song which you actually introduced me to. Um, when, so, when sometimes you just come into the office and sing to oh, me. Oh, do I? What, what did um, I sing? No, when you were you were leading worship on our youth retreat, on our youth work retreat, weren't you? Yes. Our youth get retreat. Yes. You don't, people don't know that you're a talented worship. worship leader. I can play middle C on the piano. People don't realise that. Started. But you were singing this reckless love song. Oh yes. And that's oh, now sort of swept the church, has not it? Oh, it's brilliant. The overwhelming, never-ending but, reckless but love song. Like, but the chorus is what makes me laugh because I love it, but I also have views of like Jesus doing jiu-jitsu, like. Kicking down the walls and the oh, doors. Yeah. I just love that. It's brilliant. I, you can buy that, Jesus, in uh, selected can Christian you, bookshops across America. There's certain authors that like yeah, to have yeah. their Jesuses they can't beat up. But anyway, carry on. Indeed. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, there's a, so there's a lyric in that song. So that song has swept the world. Everyone's singing that song all over America. Yeah. You know, where they were until recently putting children in cages. And oh. in all other places. Not all Americans. You know, hashtag, not all Americans. Hashtag. Yeah. Um, but um, you know singing that song in the church is all around the world and I wonder what we really mean when we sing that lyric leaves the 99 mm. the idea that you know we're all very comfortable with the idea of the parable of the lost sheep we're all very comfortable with the idea of leaving the 99 mm. to go after the one but what does the one look like and the song kind of is suggesting that we are the one well indeed but what is but what I am the one yeah it's quite interesting the one and only the launch ball but what is what is um, what is the one in our in our mind like brilliant, it, it brilliant. Is the who one. is the one yeah. is, is, it, is it somebody who looks a bit like us who's a mm. member of our youth group and has slightly gone off the rails you know because they I don't know maybe um, had a, a drink of alcohol at a party or mm. something you know or, or is it somebody who in our community who we've lost contact with or is it 
somebody who we actually would never think to go after who does jesus go after mm. you know when he goes after the one does he does he just go after people who are a little bit different to the 99 mm. or actually does he really go out there mm. and and go and run after the refugee and somebody with profound additional needs who feels mm. like they would never find a home in the church yeah. uh, and all those other things and i just as i as i was listening to that uh interview with with mark just the just your dulcet tone singing yeah. that song just came to my head and I thought, wow, you know, do we, do, when we, when we are very excited about the concept of leaving the ninety-nine, who is the one? Yeah, absolutely. And then, and the story is that when the shepherd brings that one back, what the night is not the ninety-nine sheep because they're sheep in this story and the yeah. sheep don't celebrate, but the ones that the shepherd comes back to, what yeah. do they do? They rejoice and they yeah. celebrate. And it's more celebrating over the one. Yeah, and so I love the, the, the triptych of those three parables, which ends with, it's so obvious there'll be celebration, celebration, but then by the time it's the prodigal son, the person who should be celebrating, who actually is us, the older brother, mm. is not. And so his lack of celebration is really stark against the backdrop of the coin, whoa, party, the sheep, whoa, party, the son, the son. Mm. Oh, no, no party from the older brother. Mm. He's really cross. I think I think you're right. I think I think Jesus knows that and he senses that, doesn't he? That we actually can't we don't we, can't, we don't cope that well with the one being found. Actually, yeah. our, our default is not to celebrate. Our default yeah. is to say, "What about me? I've always been here." Now I'm confused. Are we the one or are we the other one? Well, that's what Jesus is saying, isn't he? Where do you place yourself in this parable? Uh, it's quite telling. And Jesus. I think and I think he's probably placing ourselves as celebrating, celebrating. But by the time it comes to the prodigal son, he's definitely placing us as. Right. Anyway, you can get more heavyweight theological chats with me and Rachel next time on the Youthscape awesome. podcast. But I'm before we end, a little yellow bag that looks like you'd hold coins in it, like one of those little drawstring bags, but it has the word Youthscape and dice on it. Martin Vosses Das. This is the bag in Vosses which das. you will find the Youthscape dice. What is the Youthscape dice? We've just created them uh, wow. in time for Soul Survivor. Yes. This Very week. exciting. Week. Uh, so we've created a set of uh, dice with emoticons on. Wow. And so uh, they're used as a, as a sort of a storytelling resource or an emotional literacy resource. Uh, basically, there are a bunch of games uh, that are explained in the booklet you mm-hmm. get with the bag of dice. Yes. And, uh, and, and there's just a bunch of different games that you can play with young people Brilliant. that use the dice as a way of opening up discussion or getting them to tell stories, or getting them to talk about themselves, or even to talk about emoticons. Now, I'm the sort of youth worker that is never happier than when I have in my handbag a couple of packs of playing cards, Romance Academy and Schools work, yeah. a few post-it notes, and this is going to go in there as well, because this it's is exactly the, the same sort of thing. Yeah, because you want something in your bag that you can just pull out at any occasion and use it really well. And actually, apparently, apparently, at Soul Survivor this week, and all the weeks of Soul Survivor, it is a fiver. What? That's ridiculous. Yes, it's so cheap. eight quid on the Youthscape store, but if you rock up to the YS store at Soul Survivor, you can buy this bag of dice that you can carry around with you anywhere for five quid. And I guarantee it will open up brilliant conversations with young people. They're nice as well, made of wood. They're made of wood. It's a nice, like, canary yellow bag, and it's a black and yellow thing. It looks really cool. So, well done, Team Youthscape. Woo woo woo! Yeah. Um, we need to finish with some shout outs. Yes, um, okay. I, it's safer if I do the shout outs. I think you do the Charles. first one. Let me you? do Charles this week. Oh, Charles. Uh, Charles Merritt. Yay! My good friend. Uh, we love you. Yes, you're and, awesome. Uh, and in totally appropriate ways. Where we do, yeah. And, uh, and we know that the feeling. It might not be reciprocated like that. The feeling it's... is mutual. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hello to Linda Jeevanathan. Hope Church. Hope Church Luton. And finally. To the alumni and the staff and the surrounding villagers and townsfolk and the rabbits and the youth workers at Morland!
lands. The surrounding villages. I love that. With pickets. It's hilarious. Right. Okay. Thank you, Rachel, for saving the day. <laughs>